Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. Okay, Billy, well, tell me a bit about your childhood. Tell me kind of where it all began for you, because I read somewhere that um, it certainly was far from affluent, shall we say. Yeah, I, um, I was born in Walsall, the West Midlands. I, I, we had, we're a family of five kids, mum and dad as well. Um, lived on a council estate. My dad and my mom were factory workers, basically, all their life. They constantly, as I remember growing up, were working 12-hour shifts. You know, mom would work the first up till sort of six at night, and then dad would be out six till six through all through the night. And that went on for years and years and years. And due to that, and I guess in the neighbourhood that I've got, I've, I was brought up, there was a lot of... Um, a bit of tension in terms of those gangs, there was a bit of trouble, there was all that sort of stuff in the Midlands at the time. And I went a little bit rogue from the age of nine, really. I was getting in trouble, I was getting gangs, I was being brought back over the weekend by the police for fighting, believe it or not, at the age of nine, which was ridiculous. When I look back at it, I'm not proud of it. But yeah, so, and it all started there, really. And as I, if you've read the book, I don't know, but in the book I talk about how... Uh, I used to steal Trilby hats and, and I don't even know why we did it. And we had this crazy, I had two, two friends of mine that would run in front of the people, which was generally worn by old people, old men. And one day I stole this old guy's hat, sent my two mates in front to distract him. I stole the hat. I was about 17, he had a big Trilby on and a big Crombie on and he chased me. I was nine and I could run, I was fit. And he caught me and rather than give me a good hiding, he, said, he grabbed me and he said, listen, keep the hat he goes there's something about you come to my boxing club and so you you imagine this today okay so it's it's like winter time february this old man who normally would give me a good hiding said come to this boxing club and this was on a sunday and then on the monday morning uh, sorry monday at six o'clock at night in february so there's snow on the ground it's pitch black i was nine years old i'm walking downtown to a pub on my own to go round the back, knock the door, and meet an old man who was going to give me a good idea, who told me he was going to teach me boxing. But that's what happened. And he really became a very influential man in my life and put me on the right road. And he, sat, he, stood, he stood me in this corner and he said, look, and he taught me all about boxing and what it really meant. And he said, it's not a sport of brutality. It's, it's a game of, a poor man's game of chess. It's actually, you have to be smart. You have to think. You have to outwit someone. You have to be able to read what's in front of you be one step ahead 
always be ready to move, always ready to go forward. And I, my mantra I use is uh, always a little further. And to this day, and it's true, that was the first time I ever heard he used to say to me, you've always got to go that little bit further. You've always got to go out of your comfort zone. And that was nine years old. And I never forgot it. So you imagine parents today allowing their kid, nine year old, to go and meet some old guy, and, you know? So that's what happened. And, and that, was, that was kind of the beginning of my childhood and, and issues and what I really remember about it all. And I was a, a rogue at school, didn't want to learn, thought I was tough, all the rest of it, you know? And at the age of 13, I'd been expelled for about the third time after I glued the maths teacher to the chair, thinking it was funny. He didn't. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> it's quite funny. Well, it was, but he, he collared me for detention. I'll never forget it. And every time I got detention, obviously, you'd be in a different class at the end of the day. I was just like it. I'd run off. I wouldn't go. And then one day, he waited for me, and he took me up to the second floor and put me in the room with him and locked the door. Then he went out to do something, locked the door. I climbed out the window and jumped out and ran off. Of course you did. Of course you did. Yeah, so I, I want to go back to that, that old boy who's trilby next. I mean, what... What an incredible sliding doors moment. Like if, you, if you'd nicked somebody else's trilby, that might, well, that would never have happened. But no. what a guy, what a man, what a man to, to turn a situation around for a young lad like you. Yeah, well, the thing was, when I got to the club now today, what I learned was there was a bunch of kids all from my area that I knew of from different gangs. And he, what he basically did was, where, you know, a lot of us do, you kind of turn, you, you look at a bunch of kids and you go, oh, they're just trouble, stay away from them. They're the people that probably need the help. And he realised that. He's probably had the same sort of childhood and um, upbringing like I did. But he took the time. So it was like breaking in a bunch of stallions. Break them down into what they can be. And that's what he did. And these kids, we used to go on a Monday night and a Wednesday night. And sometimes on a Friday night. Uh, every night. Uh, on these nights from six to eight. And he'd train us. And he spent time teaching each individual. And... You know, and he felt good about what he was doing, and 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 it was it was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, he was a really influential guy in the Midlands, and he took the time with the people that really need the help, where most people turn their nose up at that. They're just trouble. Leave them. And uh, in that group was kids, like I say, I think I was probably one of the youngest. But then there was kids, eleven, twelve, from all around my area, different gangs. But they all came together for that time, and they're all disciplined, and they all taught, were taught, they all learned. And I kind of gravitated towards that as my education. I didn't want to learn anything in school because I thought I, was, I didn't understand why maths would help me and I didn't understand why I needed to learn out apostrophes and full stop. What's that going to do to me? And at the same time, roughly, sorry, within those years, I joined the cadets. And in the cadets, I was learning how to do first aid. It was a military insight, you know, how to read a map. And that was all made sense to me. It was practical. So again, he kind of was forcing me even further away from education, which is wrong, of course. And, and like I said earlier on, my mum and dad, God bless them, were brilliant people. They just couldn't control me because they were working. All does he, does he um, have any idea what you've gone on to achieve with your life? I think he died many years ago. And, you know, to this day, I, I can't really remember his name. Um, I think it was Robert Mitchum, believe it or not. Um, but I don't know. I can't remember. I really got, because what he did when I got to 11 years old, so he had me for two years, he passed me on to a proper boxing club, Blocksridge Boxing Club, who again were brilliant. I met another bunch of influential people in my life, uh, who were the trainers there, Eddie Bolos and Henry and a guy called Bill Tyler, who were no bullshit type guys. They, listen, you'll do as you're told. And we had a very old fashioned, rocky 
Bell Bower sort of training theme. You weren't allowed music, you weren't allowed water until you finished, and you trained. You trained for a reason, and it was brilliant. And then the other influence on the other side of the fence was a guy called Mac Gaunt, who was took me through the cadets. And Mac was the same. Mac was a legend of a guy, and all he did was take care of road kids like me in the cadets. He spent time with them and sort of broke you down from you ain't as tough as you are, and he taught you stuff, yeah. and he made us learn, and he punished you for if you didn't learn. But he was the guy that really set my mind to where I wanted to end up, which was the military. That's amazing. Well, that that was the kind of child that I had, and yeah. like I said, I left. I was playing truant at thirteen. I was getting in trouble again, and. I was a nightmare to my parents when I look back, you know, awful. And it's and quite you, funny because I got a funeral and the, my aunties all, and my uncles always say to you, you're the one who put the silver in your mom's hair. And I was. But then at the age of 15, I, um, I got a job myself. I was working in a factory, electroplating, similar to what my dad was. My dad had actually worked there 20 years before. And he was, it was totally illegal, of course, but I was getting paid cash in hand and I was working the night shift. <laughs> and yeah, I was working in an electroplating firm. Didn't you have a horrible accident? Didn't you have a terrible accident in the in the, in the factory? Yeah, so I was about fifteen. Back. Yeah, nearly sixteen, and I'd already now decided I'm going in the army, influenced that way, and I was doing this bit of work till I could get uh, get in. And then one night, I was working the night shift, and if anybody knows about electoral plates, you have a, these vats. They're like small pools, and one's full of water, one's full of sulfuric acid, one's full of caustic soda, the other one's full of zinc, and what well, I was operating the crane, and the crane was messing around, I didn't do it right, and it got dislodged, so I had to get up on top of the top, imagine health and safety today, jeez, and a long story short, I slipped, and I slipped into the caustic soda, and by the grace of God, I do not know how I got out, and in the factory at the time, it must have been about midnight-ish, there was no one else in, the guy working with me, Carl, had just gone to use the toilet. So he'd gone out, and I was fixing this, and I slipped, and as I slipped into it, a six-foot back, I only went in just above, below my knee, and the pain, as the stuff, as soon as it touched your legs, the skin was hanging off, and I bounced backwards. I remember that doing that, and then being caught. Carl had obviously come back in, and saw what, and came round, and as I jumped backwards, you know, he, he caught me and ran me to the taps, turned the taps on and ripped my coveralls off. And basically all the water just like it went inside a layer of skin and all my skin just started to peel off. So he did what he needed to do, which was neutralize it as best he could because it was chemicals and then took me to hospital. And then when I went to hospital, obviously there was all hell brought loose, panicking. So I had to say I broke into the factory. Otherwise, all these people could have probably lost the job that they closed the factory down. So that's what I did. And... The police got involved, but it was weird that they never really sort of followed it on because I think I had a bit of a police record anyway. They were like, this is just a role, he's another one in his, another entry in his bad books, like, you know. But what it did do was it slowed me down from joining the military because uh, I wanted to go into 16 as a junior leader and I couldn't now because I've got injuries. So how long um, was the injury? Like, how, how badly did it affect you? I, it was bad. I mean, I, I basically had hardly any skin on my feet. Um, I mean, there was skin there, but there was like, for instance, where your Achilles tendon runs down the back, that gap there was a hole right the way through almost. Yeah, on both feet. It was really bad. So I, I used to have to go and get, get them dressed and diluted every, every single day, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And then they started to wheel pretty quick. Uh, but it took me, so it took me nearly a year then to get into 
into the military. So we delayed me from going in as a junior leader at 16. I went in at just over 17 in a bit. But, um... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In between this as well, because I, I used to have to go up to Wolverhampton for every two weeks to be weighed to join the army, because at the time, so I was too light, because I was boxing quite a lot then. And they said to join the parachute regiment, which I wanted to do, that I had to be 10 stone, which turned out to be not true. But this is what I had to do. So I said, go over, and then I had the injury. And whilst I had the injuries, they then looked into the whole of my history. And when I was a kid, I broke my femur, which is obviously the biggest bone in your body, and I never declared it. So now they've got all my medical records, and that added to the delay again. So there was a burn to the leg, which was... I fell off a wall. I fell off a wall when I was a young kid and snapped my femur and spent six weeks in hospital. Your poor mum. Yeah. I can't imagine I how stressful it was oh. being your mother. Oh, yeah, then at 15, I got in a fight and got stabbed. Uh, it was just, it was just, I was just rogue. I just, I was just going rogue and out of control. And, and the thing is, I'm a, I'm a middle child. I've got an older brother, older sister, younger brother. And, and it, I always say this, that a middle child is, you know, Something different about us. We're wired different. We're a pain in the ass, basically. And uh, yeah, so I was living up to that middle child syndrome, getting in a lot of trouble. And, and that was kind of the childhood and how it all went until eventually I got into the military. So it sounds to me as if, even though you were, you know, clearly, as you say, a bit of a rogue, there was something yeah. deep down that told you you craved discipline, that you needed that direction. Yeah you needed the structure that the military could offer because it's interesting that right from very early that was what you wanted to do i was actually very smart in in many ways because i also knew and i did do this from that young age of nine with the thing with the incident with the old guy i kind of gravitated towards elderly people because i knew in my head they've already been through the circle of life they've probably had these mistakes too and they give you the benefit of their knowledge and it's like anything you know i took that knowledge but I still dip my toe in the water to see, oh, you know, it's like somebody says to you, oh, oh don't touch that because that's hot. And you touch it, don't you? You go, oh, yeah, you're right, it is hot. 
I didn't grab hold of it now because I've, I've been already told. I've had the benefit of the knowledge. But I still, you know, they're saying stop getting in trouble, stop fighting. But I didn't. I was still fighting. I was still doing this. So, but I did gravitate towards elderly people and, and people with knowledge. And, and, I, and it helped me. It put me on the right track until I got to the military. Looking for guidance, clearly, which is yeah. you know, amazing that, that he was able to, to give you that. So you ultimately joined the Parachute Regiment, what, in 1983? In 83, yeah, October 83. Yeah, and, then, and he, so, sorry, go on. No, go on, where, where from there? How did that start to unfold? Well, no, I, mean, I, I joined, the, uh, I was in the Marine Cadets. So as I said to you, I met Matt Gaunt and the Gaunt family, the two brothers were in the cadets and so was the, his daughter as well. And they were amazing people. And it kind of would have made sense for me, I haven't done six years in the cadets now, to go towards the Marines, but there was, uh, it was just after the Falklands War and all the guys, and I, that was 1982, all the guys that had been the cadets before me came back who'd fought in the war, Falklands War and did amazing jobs. And I remember talking to them all their stories. And there was a paratrooper guy there uh, who'd been injured on Mount Longdon. And I just heard his story, Frank, a good friend of mine. And I, I heard his story and I thought, that's where I want to go. Something in my head again clicked. It sounded more, so that's why I went to the parachute regiment, and I did. And I joined in 83, as I said, and I realized this was the time really where I, I stood on a platform and thought, I am out of my depth. I ain't the big tough guy no more. I am now a small fish in a big pond. Because I, I stood there with 70 other people that I didn't know from all over the country, all over from Scotland, Wales, England, and, and our instructors at all been in conflict, been to war, and they're frigging tough people. Tough, but really firm and fair people, really nice, nice people in, in a military sense. But they were great and experienced people, and they were no bullshit people. They weren't going to take any crap from some scumbag from the West Midlands who thinks he's tough. And I learned that pretty quick. The biggest thing I'm going to have to learn is keep my mouth shut, because I won't be getting away with anything, and I didn't. So I turned up in, in the depot of the parachute regiment, 70 other guys looked down the line and thought, God, I'm out of my depth. I didn't have any confidence. I'd never really had to prove myself to this level. And then as time went by and people started to fall out and, and fall by the wayside, I was still there. And I was growing in confidence. I was learning. And I was enjoying it. And it was hard. And I was being challenged to do a position I'd never been challenged in all my life. And anybody going through depth, or probably if they're honest with themselves, they'll tell you the truth, tell you the same. You know, I was, I was a tough little kid. I was fit. Nothing in comparison to what I was going through now. This was different. This was this was real, you know. And I was and like, enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it, but it was hard. I, I can remember myself being on runs and thinking, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this, and looking for an excuse to twist my ankle or do. But I didn't. Something says no, no. That go and flick back the old man. Always a little further. Always a little further. And he was in my head. Go, 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 go. So I did. And I had a wonderful time in the parish regiment. I went all the way through training and then joined my battalion, the third battalion. The parish regiment at the time had three battalions. Well, it still does. One, one para, two para, three para. And I went to three para. And it was just fantastic. I joined them in Belize, Central America. I'd never been out of Warsaw. I went to London because I had to go and see a doctor specialist because I broke my leg, as I said, and didn't declare it. I had to do some tests before I could go in the army. That's as furthest I've ever been. You know, a, a plane, the only time I see a plane was going overhead. I've never been on a plane. I was from a council estate. And the next thing, I'm in one getting kicked out of it. <laughs> so it was a 
crazy old transition, but a, you know, a brilliant time. And like most kids who were there with me, we're all from the same background, so it was great. We're all in the same boat. Do you think that you need adversity to develop tenacity? Do you think your back needs to be against the wall in order it does. to, move, to it absolutely you do? We can't live in a mamby pamby world and every everything wrapped in cotton wool. We can't. Life is life is a challenge. And if you don't prepare for a challenge, you'll come unstuck later on in life when you ain't got everybody around you that's making it easy for you. You do need to have your back against the wall. That's how you learn. That's how you develop. You know? And it's about, life is, it's about making mistakes. But it's about learning from mistakes. You know? Not repeating it. When you repeat a mistake, the same mistakes, then it's a problem. Then you've got a problem. Then you really need to be sat down if you're not being told or not working it out yourself and being put on the right road. You know? But, you do, absolutely you do life needs to be tough yeah it has to be it's interesting though because we'll talk more about SES who dares win soon but I'm interested to know because clearly not everybody has had such a, a difficult childhood as yours and they've never really been tested it doesn't mean that the fight isn't in them it's just they haven't had to dig deep to find it no. yet no, so they don't necessarily know what they're capable of no, and we're all guilty of this because I look back at my, what my life was like. And I don't want to say that's how my kids should go through life or anybody else's kids should go. We should make it a little bit easier, but we should also make it a little bit challenging. You know, the things, and, and please don't all jump on the bandwagon. Schools don't have competitions now because the week. Listen, that's life. That's life. We don't have a competition. How can anybody prove themselves to be the best? Because some people are naturally good at some things and not so good at others. You know, the little kid who weren't great on the 100 metres and, you know, he likes going to McDonald's or whatever he likes to do, he's probably smarter in the maths route. So we, it all balances out. We take that away from kids now. We don't give them a chance to be competitive. We don't, it's ridiculous, in my eyes. It's true, yeah. It's, it's funny, actually, you should say that because just this morning, my son, my little boy, um, learned to ride a bike for the first time. So it's amazing yeah. that lockdown, he's learned to ride a bike. But when he came back, he had this big, cut on his elbow and he was like mom look at my cut and he was actually really proud of it it's like a badge of honor he's like i got that but i learned how to ride my bike <laughs> you brilliant exactly that though isn't it you know what i mean let's be honest the, the tapestry of life is as a kid you grow up you bang into every corner of the table you can't prepare for everything they close the fingers in the door it's gonna happen yeah. this stuff happens you know it's it's Things like boiling kettles and the, the day, that's what we've got to really be on top of. But let them live, let people live, let people learn. Make a few mistakes. Be poked in the chest now and again. Be told that you ain't kingpin. Because we, we need to know that. You know, I, I've, I've become civil medalist in many things where I think I'm going to be the, be the champ. You know, I've been put on my ass a few times in the boxing ring and it, it taught me. And right to it. A very a, two, a year two years ago, maybe three years ago now, I did a boxing charity match, and I, st I still thought I was twenty five. I was fifty two, stepping into the ring against a twenty five year old who was supposed to have been a veteran, by the way, for charity. And luckily, my wife came over and says, "You know, you need to maybe get in the ring with some before you get back," because I hadn't been in the ring for twenty five years, and I got battered around the ring by a couple of twenty five year olds the week before, which was a, a good lesson to me again. So when I got in the ring next week for the charity fight. I was a little bit wiser again. I learned again. You know? 
Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink. And you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones. And join the community. We're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks. So thank you for joining us. Stay with us. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay connected with Bose. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.